Yeah. Uh, I have a couple uh, questions I want to ask you as far as like podcast stuff goes because I have. Do you yeah. want me to save big news for the end after we record, or do you want me to? Do you want to talk about it now? Uh, why don't we just talk about it now? Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. I'm Evan Kunai, and I'm here with Christopher Ritter. What's up? Welcome to the show, everybody. You know what it is the best podcast on the internet for Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by finding us on YouTube, where you can like, subscribe, hit that bell for more notifications. Find us on all major podcasting platforms. Leave us a pod- leave us a five star review. You can find us on our Discord community server. The link is down below in the description of the YouTube video. And you can also find us on Patreon, where you can become a supporter of the show. Huge shout out to all of our supporters who've been uh, supporting us so far. It means so much to us. Thank you. You can become a $3 supporter tier, uh, where you become, you get the official Pepperhead role in our Discord server. Your name turns Dr. Pepper Red. You get access to two exclusive channels. Today, we are covering uh, something that didn't wasn't quite revealed until after we recorded last week's episode. Uh, the 15th Doctor has arrived. And Ritter, I know you're excited about this. It's uh, actually pretty sweet. I think that there's a lot of potential here, and the Discord server's been kind of going crazy about it. Like, guy... Yeah, de- uh, guy, as he is wont to do, I, I think, uh, looks for food chain outlets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's, a, he's a known person. When, I, and in fact, you know what? He wasn't the one that talked about it in the spoiler uh, channel. It was someone suggesting, hey, Guy, here's a food chain outlet. And it's the 15th Doctor. Uh, two colorless, one blue, one red, legendary creature, Time Lord Doctor. When the 15th Doctor enters the battlefield or attacks, mill three cards. You may put an artifact card with mana value two or three from among them into your hand. A lot of important artifacts at that mana value. Yep. Uh, the first non-artifact spell you cast each turn has Improvise. And for those uh, unaware, like me, Improvise means your artifacts can help cast that spell. Each artifact you tap after you've done activating mana abilities pays for one. Sort of like Convoke, but probably different in important ways and only applying to artifacts. Yeah, and the thing is, is that it only contributes colorless, where Convoke can contribute to the from the color of the creature. So, Is that the only, like, uh, rules-wise, how the rule plays out? Pretty much. The, the big yeah, thing... Yeah, that seems like a waste to have a separate, <laughs> separate rule you have to learn. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah, not it actually, cleaner. like... I think it is one of the more balanced like mechanics that they introduced uh, when they uh-huh. gosh, I remember when uh, Kaladesh came out and War of Invention was like spoiled and the world just went crazy. They're like, you can tap your artifacts to cast War of Invention, tutor out any artifact from your library. Like it's still a pretty heavily played card in the right strategy. So um, the improvise like mechanic is not weak by any means Uh, yeah no it's a great mechanic totally and the thing is with this and part of the conversation in the brew buddies was like while this is a food chain outlet uh you 
it is notably that the cards that you have to find are ones that are triggered off of that ability. So you only have like three shots. But with Food Chain, you're going to get your whole library milled into the into the graveyard. So mm -hmm. uh, you do get to see some like you are. They were talking about putting like Trinisphere or Winter Orb or like those stacksy type of effects that allow that are going to allow you to uh, set up the conditions for you to win and for others to lose. So um, I would love to see a deck list on this. And I think that I'm sure guys working on a primer as we speak. Yeah, I, I mean, you're in is it colors right now? And then you have any, you know, with the compa doctor's companions, you can add any color to that. Um, you can take it a Grixis direction. Um, definitely some soul type potential. Yeah, I think there's yeah. going to be or. Um, I think there's going to be a large like demographic of Magic players who weren't Doctor Who fans suddenly become Doctor Who fans because of all of these cards. Like that's going to pique their interest enough to go watch the new season of Doctor Who, which is great. I think this card is actually like super well balanced and uh, is going to contribute largely to maybe not CDH, but. We have to give it a shot. That's the thing. Is uh, it's going to contribute yeah, largely I, to I like, mean anything that has food chain potential. You know why not put it through? You know you have eighty of those cards already in the you know out of the ninety nine figured out. Why not like goldfish it a little bit? See if it's a little better, or a little worse, or a little more fun. Totally. The yeah, we were talking about that in the shower thoughts channel not too long ago was our food chain decks still viable and the thing is is that when food chain hits and it's allowed to resolve it wins the game it's just sometimes when you put a commander in uh, or when you play a particular commander that the table is going to know just through experience that that is a food chain outlet and it's likely what you're going for so it's, it's almost mm -hmm. like uh telegraphing exactly what you're going to do before the game even starts and but I mean, I I don't know how true that is because it's just like game knowledge does the same thing. Awareness of the meta does the same thing. Totally. Um, it's very rare to be able to bluff with what your commander is going to do if you're playing a knowledgeable opponent. There was just this weird era where people were taking Ristic Study out of their decks because it was it was thought to be like maybe a little bit too well known, and people are known to pay their taxes, so they do it, and then it would the people were trying to find other card draw outlets or, or card draw you know like opportunities or, or engines and mm -hmm. so uh turns out that was a bad idea like taking yeah, no it's a great deck. card Ristic study is one of the best cards you can play exactly so i think food chain is get in this weird era right now where every we're seeing a lot of new commanders that trigger or interact with food chain so mm -hmm. we're sort of like becoming numb to the idea of like man food chain is just so overplayed and blah this blah that I, I mean but like anything super powerful is going to have an achilles heel like totally. if it has if it has that weakness like at the end of the day it's still achilles and the weakness is still just the heel like it's <laughs> yeah. food chain is still an insane card totally the the thing is is that i i've tried running teamer food chain in the past it's hard to find without white in your color pool like that's will be the weakness of the 15th doctor is that in order to get food chain involved 
you have to run a companion that has green and there aren't any two color companions that have green and white and so you're in this weird zone of like for whatever reason the academy rector line just allows the combo to pop off that much easier or and having like enlightened tutor having like yeah all these like outlets are all these like uh pieces that allow you to tutor the food chain and and get the pieces together rely on having white or the ability to slow the game down with white cards like Dranth magistrate or whatever mm-hmm. so it's uh it, it's going to be a challenge to see this deck like really flourish i i guarantee you it will be at a tournament like one of these doctor decks will end up at tournament i will play against it and i will yeah i, I mean we saw it. that <laughs> we saw that interest with the uh the lord of the Rings stuff like you know mm-hmm. if you look at tournament results definitely all the big ones that people were like this has potential people wanted to take it to tournaments because they were like invested in the ip and that's the same thing's gonna happen with doctor who but you know plus you have the power level like is there totally and that's been a criticism of magic sets in the past is like well we only see like one or two cards for cdh it's like no now we're actually seeing like seven eight nine like new cards new viable cards that mm-hmm. create a much more diverse meta so it's yeah yeah and and you know i i feel like that's easy not easy but like that potential is there from a design standpoint because the things that are going to be really good in cdh like require things like food chain for example that aren't anywhere near standard or modern or any of the sets that they're primarily having to like design the the bulk of the cards for right now we'll uh we'll see how these doctors play in the meta and how they grow and develop and well even if they're in a at a casual table i'm excited to play against them and this whole secret drop secret layer drop even though they are mechanically unique cards and i don't necessarily like that strategy of marketing i do think this is a great product for not only doctor who fans but just fans of the game so i'm excited to see more stuff like that yeah for sure all right today's main topic we are talking deck tech about elevir of the wild court it's such a good card. We've been hyping it up. It made our honorable mentions of our top 10 cards from 2023 for CDH. And the thing is... Yeah, I feel like we talk about it constantly. Yeah, it's like, like one of those... Both on the podcast and on the Discord, we talk about it constantly. It's like the potential is there. Well, we're putting our money where the, our mouths are, I guess. We're going to see if it works. The yeah. Th- the thing is, is that I've been playing a lot of historic brawl lately on Arena, and one of the decks that I decided to build was Sovereign Okinekahau, which I love the name. I love saying the name, and I love playing the deck because it's it's crazy. Okay, so if you haven't heard of Sovereign Okinekahau, two green-white cat noble legendary creature with ward two, whenever Sovereign Okinekahau attacks, for each creature you control with power greater then that creature's base power, but a number of plus one, plus one counters on that creature equal to the difference. Uh, notably, it is a three, four. So uh, the you can play a lot of like weird synergies and like cards. And the thing is, is that in Historic Brawl, there aren't a whole lot of uh, amazing cards that like we have in the larger card pool of CDH that make it 
a top tier competitive deck. But we do have access to Elevir, which if <sighs> Elevir is just crazy and Elkanakahau is going to be like the finisher for the deck, but mm-hmm. Elevir of the Wild Court stimulates the strategy because whenever Elevir enters the battlefield or attacks, create a virtuous roll token attached to another target creature you control. If you control Yeah, yeah, let's let's uh let's uh go a little wider before we dive in on Elevir the Wild oh, sure. Court, a card that we talked about a lot. Uh haven't actually read the roll text on it yet. Uh two colorless, one green, one white, so you're locked into Selesnia colors if you are building it as a commander. A legendary creature, human knight. When Elevir the Wild Court enters the battlefield or attacks, create a virtuous roll token attached to another target creature you control. And uh, if you control another roll, uh, virtuous roll, I'm not going to explain that right now because we're going to dive deep on that later. Uh, second line of text, whenever an enchanted creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card, and Elevir is a 4-4. So, huge. sorry about that, Evan. Oh, Let's proceed. You're good. Knowing huge. what the card does. Yes, huge thing. It's a 4-4 for 4. That says draw a card and it enables itself yeah. it is an engine in and of itself so yeah it, it's a little bit of a uh a, a thicker timna almost right yeah that's uh it, with higher po- ceiling of potential well uh, you know well not to say that i guess because timna is top tier uh attacking commander it, it does timna things but clunkier yes as well as being chunkier chunkier you, and clunkier timna because you don't get access to all the like all the colors in the world the best colors black and blue so mm-hmm. and or red so it, it's it's limited in scope because of the color uh, color combination so we're seeing well this is where the challenge uh lies with this deck is how do we create an environment that allows us to control the pace of the game while drawing cards and getting us closer to the end goal there are how do you how do you stacks and win at the same time yeah right and how, which which the other green white stacks deck that you've seen competitively yasharn has trouble uh with the winning part yeah i think and, is what we're trying to correct right yes it's getting there it's like you can definitely hold your opponents down for a little like for a little while but then it just gets to a point where they get enough card advantage, they pick up a cyclonic rift, and then they just push your board back to your hand and they win through some sort of like combo underworld breach, you know, uh thasorkle. Mm-hmm. Something like that happens mm-hmm. because they, they were given enough time to strategize. Yes, yeah, Cy- Cyclonic Rift is an excellent card. Uh it wrecks any strategy that relies on having permanence in play, especially a stacks based strategy that's gonna rely on having a lot of permanence in play uh it, it's just a bottom line good card but this strategy you know uh especially weak to rift yes so um just to get started on uh this we we know that a lot of the best stacks pieces stapled to creatures exist in these colors we've we've seen esper sentinel like just to run through a few of them esper sentinel a new one charismatic conqueror it's a 2-2 with vigilance vampire soldier for one in a white whenever an artifact or creature enters the battlefield untapped and under an opponent's control they may tap that permanent if they don't you create a 1-1 white vampire creature token with lifelink that's an amazing card and it's been that's an amazing card uh, you are, it seems like, playing it over a card that I think you should be including. It does something similar, which is Mangle Horn. 
Ooh, I, that is a good. You are so right because we're the big thing with green and white is it struggles to keep pace with artifact based ramp either via dockside or mana crypts or whatever. So we are playing. Uh, so Ritter and I have been uh, discussing this deck list for the fa- past few days and sort of like today we're going to iron out the last five slots of the deck. We are playing Chrome Mox, Jeweled Lotus, Mana Crypt, Mox Diamond, Mana Vault, Soul Ring. You got to play some of the fast mana. You do. No matter what. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's the only way that we're going to get to an Elevira on turn one or turn yeah, two. Uh, ex- exactly. Like with the four CMC commander, like we cannot pass up having Jeweled Lotus in this deck. Correct. Yeah. So it's absolutely necessary while we are going to be playing uh stony silence and uh null rod we are just going to take a gamble like even if you have to turbo out to get those pieces down it stops a turn to win most of the time like even if you turn off your own mox diamond or whatever it's oftentimes for the better for you to control the pace of the game early and get yourself set up so that you can keep rolling um, yeah, I mean, this this deck and Selesnya decks in general aren't going to uh, ramp up right away and present a threat right away. Like, in a stack strategy, like, you want to slow the game down immediately, and especially with a chunky commander that you have to get down fast. Um, like, that's vital that you start slowing it down turn one, turn two, if possible. Totally. And a couple other, uh, like, I do agree I think that right now, at this moment, I'm going to type Manglehorn and put it in the list. It's just too Do good it. not to play. And you're you're right. When it enters the battlefield, what about uh, what about Collector Oof? Now, also? that's what I was going to ask you. Is there are a few things that I've included in this list that are questionable? Um, like Heliod the Sun, Heliod Suncrowned is a great enchantment creature. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on a target creature you control. And then uh, you can give a creature lifelink until end of turn. The thing is, is that the reason I wanted to include it is because we can use Walking Ballista. But if we're diving too heavily into this whole like shut artifacts off strategy, how often do we run into the problem of not being able to win the game because we're stopping ourselves from winning? The Looking game? at this list, uh, I mean, really, the artifacts you want are the fast mana. We're also running Curse Totem and Null Rod, yep. um, which which don't have activated abilities that would be interfered with by Collector Oof. I think the mana in here doesn't really exist to ramp past getting the commander down early. I, I think it's something that we want to do, and it's, a, it's an effect that we want, I think. For sure. All right. Collector Oof, that was that was actually something I wanted to ask you about because I was I was just unsure how heavily... Did we want to lean into this, like, shut all artifacts off? Because that's there's one thing that happens in a game, and I watched it on Play to Win just this last week when they had the nitpicking nerds on, was that the um, I think one of them played an Avon Mind Sensor early on because mm-hmm. someone had triggered the uh, option to search their library, right? And do, in doing so and not waiting, they... Uh, didn't allow the other two players at the table to be able to grow or develop or interact with the other decks. So mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that you have to realize that when you're playing stacks, you have to be responsible. So dropping a collector... I, I mean, yeah, I, I think this deck uh, is single-minded in, in how it wants to do stacks. Like, if you're looking at Elevir 
and the way you're going to build around it. This deck straight up just wants to put a hard, hard lock on doing anything in this game. Like, in the entire game that you can do, put a hard lock on it, except for combat. (laughs) Absolutely. Everything everything except for combat. And it is, it is, it has tunnel vision. Like, because what Elevir wants to do like you know we're putting all the pieces in here that's going to stacks out the game and then what elevator wants to do how it's going to close out games is just making real fat creatures and just going to combat and swinging those creatures like that's how you're drawing cards that's how you're um you know fattening up your creatures putting those plus one plus one counters on there that's that's what it wants to do and that's how it's going to like be effective and because it's going to be so effective at that so, so like any any type of stack strategy that you can play through creatures is going to be viable, I think. Yeah, and and that's ultimately why these creature based stacks are so good. Putting a okay, so the virtuous roll. Uh, I don't know if we described it already, but the enchanted creature gets plus one plus one for each enchantment you control. So having Heliod in here as another like plus one plus one towards the whole thing is great. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It also like it's basically just a base plus one plus one, and then each virtuous roll that you put out there onto the battlefield onto another creature, you know it's plus two plus two plus three plus three plus four plus four. So it, it like sort of can snowball out of control, and these can be uh, far more deadly than I think people are going to realize. And it might you might be able to get away with it a few times, but uh, it's a good thing you only play one game before moving on to the next round <laughs> and seeing other players because they'll interact with you more heavily if they if they see what's going to happen when you swing in and punch them in their face with a f- well, six six you know, collector you're not necessarily going with a voltron strategy like the nice thing is it has resilience against like game two and game three yeah because like you can go wide with any of your creatures just by the nature of how elevator builds right so uh like, you know so your spirit of labyrinth might be the person that might be the creature that's closing out the game you know yeah thing is i didn't put spirit of the labyrinth in the list because it limits us from drawing cards what do you think about that uh, well that was a bad example let's say dauntless dismantler perfect awesome yeah. so uh the deck list has three mana dorks i think they're just the three that are gonna are good enough to warrant playing uh well, at, which three are we playing avison's pilgrim birds uh-huh. of paradise delighted halfling yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, uh, I mean, well, there's uh, a there's one more mana dork, but it's a two drop. You and know what about generous end? I think generous end is excellent. It's not really a mana dork, uh, but it has four cycling for one basic, and then it's a five seven body at the end of the game. Let me see here, generous end. Yeah, uh, it's six mana. Five seven reach when generous end enters the battlefield, create a food token, but four cycling for one. Honestly, I'm not mad at that because it uh what I think these four cycling, mountain cycling, whatever plane cycling from the Slore of the Ring set are totally viable because they tutor out a savannah, a temple garden, you know, they help you color fix. And on turn mm-hmm. one, this is not a this isn't the worst play in the world because it replaces itself and guarantees you like another card or another land you're gonna be able to hit that land and and so I, i'm not mad at that um i i put it in the list just uh you know as a placeholder right now we'll figure out towards the end of this whether or not yeah. we want to keep it um, yeah. but i'm also playing sanctum weaver because uh, why not it's literally we're talking about an enchantment based strategy with every virtuous role this is an enchantment so it's going to make every virtuous role that much bigger and it's going to tap for that much more mana 
Um, hey, uh, you want to do the opposite of ramping? Uh, there's a artifact that I think we should be including, Thorn of Amethyst. That's relevant. Ooh, because we are... spells cost one more to cast. We are currently at 30 creatures. So this isn't actually the worst include in the world either, just to like keep people off certain uh, certain strategies. Like I think um, this keeps a lot of players off of Underworld Breach by making Lion's Eye Diamond actually cost something. So uh, I, I I love it. I'm, I'm cool with that. I love Thorn of Amethyst. Um, so a couple other stacks pieces creature base that we're playing. Obviously, if you're in white, you're playing Dranith Magistrate. We have Dauntless Dismantler, new from Lost Caverns of Ixalan. Artifacts, your opponent's control, enter the battlefield tapped, and then it can also sacrifice itself to destroy each art, pay XX in a white, destroy each artifact with mana value X. Very good. Very, so, so good. If, mm-hmm. yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, I'm not sure if this is consi- considered a stacks piece, but more of an enabler, but we're also playing Destiny Spinner, an enchantment creature, human, creature and Creature and enchantment spells you control can't be countered. You can also pay four mana. Target land you control becomes an XX elemental creature with trample and haste until end of turn, where X is the number of enchantments you control. That can actually be relevant <laughs> and help you close out a game here with this yeah, type of I mean, strategy. We're heavy on the enchantment strategy. I, I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, so if you activate it in your main phase or before you declare attackers, Elevere just wants an attack trigger. So the land will be there. Obviously, the Virtuous Roll will fall off as it no longer is a creature at the end of turn, but it's just enough for you to get through because I think we were talking earlier, like, how important is Trample? Uh, it's really important. <laughs> it's actually nutty. Yeah, how, getting how good that damage is. through is huge. Yeah, so I think Destiny Spinner has multiple uh, utility purposes here that's going to help us close out games. Uh, going up in mana value, we're going up to our three drops. We have Archon of Ameria, awesome rule of law effect that also will uh, stifle your opponents from putting non-basic lands on the battlefield. Uh, mm-hmm. They enter tapped. It's also a flyer, notably putting a virtuous roll on this. Basically, is going to be a free Evasion. swing. Yeah. Yes, every Love time. It. Evasion is crazy in here. Same with Aven Mind Sensor. Having flash and flying is going to be able to catch your opponents off guard nullifying essentially any tutor making it a very low percentage chance that they actually get what they need uh Mm -hmm. eidolon of rhetoric contributing to the virtuous roll count and then uh i'm playing an enabler here that i was playing in shalai and halar it's calyx guided by fate legendary enchantment creature it's a three drop one a green and a white human druid whenever Calyx guided by fate or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control put a plus one plus one counter on target creature when Calyx or an enchanted creature you control deals combat damage to a player you may create a token that's a copy of a non-legendary enchantment you control do this only once each turn (laughs) doesn't that just do everything huge upside uh I, i think it's great in this deck especially with the enchantment package yeah whenever elevir attacks it's creating an enchantment whether or not you put it on a creature that already has a role you're still going to be able to you know that role goes away you still put a plus one plus one counter on something so absolutely nutty i think this is going to be huge and it's going to draw a lot of red flags when people see it hit the battlefield we are playing elvish spirit guide uh questionable heliod sun crowned uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't pursue that avenue. And I think a card at 3CMC that you should be playing that you're not playing is Ranger Captain of Eos. Oh, 100%. Just, 
Yeah, it, it's a auto include in white. So no, that was just a, a goof. It, it's such an automatic include and staple that um, I think it just like slipped my mind. Like, hey, that's mm-hmm. automatically going to be in there. So uh, also at three CMT worth uh, considering a Skyclave apparition. Ooh, that is a good one. Uh, <laughs> just being able to exile anything pretty much unconditionally. It's four mana or less. Yeah, four CMC or, or less, yeah. yeah. No, it's a great card, and especially in a creature-based stack strategy, um, it's a great removal piece. I mean, I would probably... You have Lapse of Certainty in your list, which uh, is not going to make the final <laughs> cut. I, th- uh, I think I'm, it, we need interaction on the stack, which is why I included it. Yeah, man, Reprieve is the better version of that if you're going to play it. You think so? I, I was just wondering yeah. if like slowing your opponents down... And and keeping them from like, like pushing something back. No, lapse to their of certainty hand. is a bad card. It's, oh, it's come a on, straight bad card. Uh, and reprieve, maybe you can have a discussion about. But if you're going to play one of those effects, it should be reprieve. Yeah, I just think that lapse of certainty can save you for a full turn cycle where uh, reprieve. But so can so can ranger captain silence and and things like that. Totally. Play more of those effects, maybe. Oh, by the way, we're not playing. Uh, you're not playing Grand Abolisher yet. I know we have that covered uh, with Kutzel, but it's worth playing uh, two versions of the effect. Yeah, keep people from interacting with us. Yep. Yep, it's in the list. There we go. I love uh, Grand Abolisher. It's, um, yeah, one another one of those cards where it's like automatic, and I was just dumb to not put it in there right away. Uh, well, so, I got two more for you. Yeah, hit me. Uh, both Thalia's. Ooh. Uh, mentioned thorn of amethyst you got that on a creature body um and then uh thalia also does the uh tapping heretic uh, cathar yeah yeah these are these are great includes because um let's get that heliod out of there because i think these actually help us more boom yeah the guardian of thraben easy first strike imagine putting a virtuous roll on that it's a 3-2 oh first God. strike that's just going to be hard to deal with. And then all of a yeah. sudden, oh, man. Oh, man. It's eight. It's an 8-7. Eight. Eight, you know, like, uh, it, it's going to require blocks, and it's just going to get harder and harder to remove. I love that. Um, okay, so uh, another few cards that we put in. I wanted to include this because it's been a house in the Brawl deck that I've been playing. It's Kodama of the West Tree. Now, yeah, I'm, I love that. Um, it, it just puts more of your permanence in play. Yeah, like, it, it's great. It allows you to basically. It's going to be if it does what it is needs to do. So, oh, I'm thinking of the. I was thinking of the East Tree, no. West Tree. Why don't you explain? Continue explaining. Yeah. Sorry, so, this is Kamigawa. This is from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Two and a green. Kamig- uh, Kodama of the West Tree. A three-three with reach. Modified creatures you control have trample. Whenever a modified creature you control deals combat damage to a player, search your library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. Now, note that modified creatures are creatures with counters, uh, auras, and uh, and equipments attached. So to your them. virtuous roll tokens are going to do it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So it makes them modified and it gives them trample. So you like you're not wrong that this is going to put. Per more of our permanence onto the battlefield oh, for sure. yeah, because in a different way yeah it's absolutely going to thin the deck because what we can do is we can layer the triggers for when this hits we can actually increase the chances of having more 
uh, value in our card draw by, you know, let's say say we hit with three, right? I'm playing 16 basic lands. Mm-hmm. So, or 14 basic lands. So there's definitely plenty that's going to be able to be searched out. And by doing so, you're basically just like increasing your chances of drawing uh, valuable cards like Kutzil, Malamet Exemplar, new card from Lost Caverns of Ixalan, three mana, cat warrior, your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. Uh, like you were saying, that Grand Abolisher type effect. Whenever one or more creatures you control, uh, each with power greater than its base power deals combat damage to a player draw a card it's just another elevator in the 99 which is yeah hot yeah very hot yeah all right uh, another card that we i don't know if this will make the cut because we talked about having a lot of card draw like i know that bow masters is obviously a very good card but citizen champion does everything you would want and hope uh, out of an enchantment-based strategy. Two colorless, one green, human warrior. It's 1-3, has constellation. Whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, such as the virtuous roll token or anything else from the enchantment package we've got in this deck, whenever that happens, put a plus one, plus one counter on Setsian Champion and draw a card. Yeah, I know. I love that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I honestly feel like what... Uh, what happens with a lot of sack stacks is that they can't keep up with the blue card draw options um, and they just sort of peter out like beyond their ability to put that lock on the game. So what I think we want in this deck is every redundant piece of card draw. And I think this one's great. I, I think it just, it's going to be drawing cards when the deck is doing what the cards already, when the deck is doing what the deck already wants to do. Yeah, there's a lot of like there's not a lot of like enchantment based card draw options. Like it, let's say like there is uh Argothian Enchantress whenever you cast an enchantment. Thing is we're not casting. And then the only other card that says draw a card when an enchantment enters is Idol on a Blossoms. But for four mana, that's just a little out of reach. While it is an enchantment creature and does add to the virtuous roll count, this is just far more effective and actually punches like crazy. Um so uh, we're going to go to the top end right away. We have Limvala, Keeper of Secrets, just to kind of like shut off those creature-based uh, activated or activated abilities. Yeah, sh- if we had access to black, we'd be playing Draina and Linvala, but Linvala by herself, just as good in this deck. And a flyer. Amazing. We yes. have so- yep. Sovereign Okineka How because of the count of the Virtuous Roll. You put one on, mm-hmm. it's plus one, plus one already. You have this on the battlefield, it swings. You're getting plus two, plus two because of the counter. Likely, the Virtuous Roll is going to add plus four, plus four, and on and on and on. So this is going to yep. like take it to the next level. It's a finisher in this deck for a reason. Uh, I see that. I see that. Uh, yeah. Toski, more card draw. Yep. We have Yasharn here, uh, just keeping people off treasures and fetch lands. It's why I'm running so many basics and not so many fetches is because I've been or mana confluence is because this mm-hmm. card has bitten me in the ass enough that I know how to play with it and around it. Well, luckily it's not in the, it's not the, uh, the commander and it's not a card that you're going to see all the time. You're right. We're going to have the choice to, to, you know, get it out. Yep. Uh, a Shia soul. The wild is cyclonic rift protection. I've seen it enough times where one, it's going to get huge Two, it allows yep. you to generate more mana. It's amazing. Uh, uh, have you considered at five CMC uh, for more card draw Oren Fa- Frostfang? 
you know, I did. I didn't know how valuable Death Touch was going to be, especially since we were playing Citizen Champion and Toski's indestructible. Um, uh-huh. So I wasn't quite sure because it seems like a rate that's just a little too high. Uh, especially that's fair. Since I, I mean, top end you is... have Garruk's Uprising in there and, and other things in the enchantment package. Right. That, uh, there might be enough card draw. I mean, you can never have enough too much card draw, but there might be enough card draw. Might not need the Oren Frost Fang. Yeah, and we got Mommy uh as well such a good card we're playing yep. vorinclex monstrous raider now this card is crazy a really good stacks piece that i think people are a little uh under are undervaluing undervaluing a little bit it's a six six trample haste whenever you would put one or more counters you double that amount and whenever your opponents would put a counter they put half that many rounded down so oh i never really considered it a stacks piece but but that second ability can be staxy. Yeah, it makes it so that it turns off the one ring. So they get like one tap. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. Yep. Yeah. So it's great there. And it also allows all their, basically all their planeswalkers come in with half the amount. And there are so many combos with planeswalkers that like uh, Teferi, like three fairy, can't activate to bounce Vorinclex when it enters the battlefield. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I can, I can see that. Uh, I would maybe not run Grand Cenobite. I know it. Uh, fulfills you're talking about the living plane combo which I, I don't think we're going to pursue right right yeah we're not going to pursue that um and it, it does function as a board wipe i i mean it's a potential cut i could also see it uh staying in there yeah it's just very like it's uh uh it's oftentimes more oppressive than you know it, it's an older card so we don't see it very often but it is oppressive in its own it's an way. older card but it checks out sir <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that's our that's our creature based package. Uh, we don't want to go on and uh, we'll, we might continue and do another episode on this and uh, dive yeah, a little bit deeper. The, uh, the finished deck list, you know. Got yeah. Give us your... to the. Oh, go ahead, dude. I I was petering out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got you up. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, just be sure to give us your thoughts in the comments below on the YouTube channel or you can reach out to us on the discord server in brew buddies we'll put this list up there like uh there's so much there is so much more to talk about we just uh gotta wrap up and uh you know what i i do have to be responsible i'm looking at this deck list in real time you still have the lapse of certainty in there can you move the lapse of certainty to considering and oh. soul partition in place of it oh okay you're killing me all right i, I mean gotta play soul partition at a minimum you uh, do that is an obvious cut for it yeah there was there are so many like little things to like work out with this deck that i want to you know like we're gonna have to put in you know like 20 reps before we really see what is what is working and what's not working so I'm, I'm excited for this this is actually one of the one of the decks that i think we both see the potential in and so yeah it's something we've talked about a lot like it's time to finally like get the reps in and prove it totally i will go through and refine and get us back down to 100 all of your suggestions redder were on point and money yeah speaking of suggestions one that i made off air that you included in the deck list before we start talking about it was clever concealment that i feel like we should talk about uh real quick because uh, I think people are going to look at that and be like, hey, that's not a CDH card. Why is that in there? Uh, it's We need more Psych Rift protection. That's yes. my that's my devil's advocate for Clever Concealment. Definitely let's talk about it in Brew Buddies more. Uh, but I think it, unless we're really hard to get to that 100 and we got to make a cut, Clever Concealment should be in there. 
Totally. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That's a big thing is as convoke. So you can put something out there that doesn't have haste or whatever, and it still can contribute to that count and you can save your board state and potentially come back around on the following turn and punch that Psychrift player right back in the jaw. So I am, yeah, God, I'm stoked to see a greater Oromancy pop off with this deck. Oh. Hey, uh, oh man, uh, I, I keep, I know I said we have to wrap up and I keep extending it. Gotta get Endurance in, the, in there, I think. Ooh, that's a good one too. Reach is... Yeah, yeah and, and maybe uh, Solemnity or Solitude, whichever the... Uh, oh, Solitude the for the... Is. Exile. At least consider it. Let's at, at least get those in the consideration. Yeah, I think it's interaction that's free. And a lot of times a, like, honestly... How yeah, the right we... price is free. Yeah, we praise so. we praise Dranath Magistrate, but a lot of times we really need to get rid of a Dranath and we won't oftentimes have that removal. So I'm all for uh yeah. All, all of those. All right, dude. All right. That is a good now suggestion. Let's wrap up. Yeah. yeah, let's actually wrap up. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by finding us on YouTube where you can like, subscribe, hit that bell for more notifications. And you can find us on all major podcasting platforms. Give us a five-star review so we look super-duper cool. Uh, You can join our Discord community server where we're talking about this stuff. We're talking about all of these, like, great new cards, new mechanics. We sort of like rewinding the clock and going back and uh, maybe seeing things that we might have missed before. So this is one of those decks where uh, we want to get to it before it slips away. And... Uh, You can also support the show on Patreon by becoming a supporter for $3 a month. You get the Pepperhead roll on our Discord community server where your name turns Dr. Pepper Red and you get access to two exclusive channels, Shower Thoughts and the Dr. Pepper channel. And I think we I think we really kick some ass today, Ritter. I think so, too, man. I looking at this deck list uh, now that it's kind of come together and you got that fucking trash card laps of certain dude out of there it gets rid uh, it stops a sight grift <laughs> uh you know now that we're there i'm actually kind of super excited about this deck we, oh, that was the no, thing standing in your way <laughs> yeah laps of i had a, a lapse of certainty about this deck quite the, frankly now that it's gone the artwork I is see stellar. clear eyes and you know it, it, now i'm into it yeah, could you imagine lapsing someone who thought they were going to get away with an overloaded Cyclonic Rift? They see that Honestly, artwork. Honestly, if anyone had laps of certainty played against them, they wouldn't see it coming and they would be absolutely enraged. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know if there's a, uh, a troll slot in the 99, <laughs> but if there is, laps of certainty is certainly the card That's for it. it. Yep. Well, all right. Let's get out of here, Ritter. All right, man. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Bye-bye. Bye.